after further review as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. shift attention to one of the non-playoff teams, which happens to be my deadbeat Detroit Red Wings. What? <laughs> yes, I'm going to... It's not an interesting article from Craig Custance of The Athletic Detroit. Right? Some really good content. He kind of... This was written on Monday. He mentioned a lot of the guys on the roster, whether they would be back or not. And the only two guys who he says are "quote unquote" untouchable are. Uh, hang on one second. Like Sorry about that, Derek. Frank, what happened? Was, what happened, Frank? I. Uh, had an incoming call. I bumped the wrong. I bumped the wrong button, and it accidentally cut you off. So sorry about that. All right. So back to the power play, as we have okay. unexpected a uh, bump of the computer for bumping the call. Go ahead, Frank. Okay. But anyways, it just mentions that uh, Henrik Zetterberg and Dylan Larkin are the only two uh, untouchables. Those on the roster, and then there's some almost untouchables. Mentions Anthony Mantha, Nicholas Cronwall, but. Who says could be uh, somebody trades? He has a modified no trade clause that allows him to list ten teams with chill, except to trade two, which I don't think is going to happen. And then he just names some st- guys who are, thinks they're staying put, guys who could be on the move. Gustav Nyquist, who's got a year left on his contract at four point seven five million, and he might be better off going to a contending team in the off season. Same with Luke Glenn Denning. He doesn't. He's just a role player. Doesn't belong on a team that's a dumpster fire. Andreas happened to see you. Given that there was a contract dispute last summer, probably won't be back. Heck, Martin Furk is one dimensional. Not likely he'll be back because he can only score on the power play. Play so who knows where he'll end up. Mike Green's a pending unrestricted free agent. Even though he has said he'd be open to staying, it's not too likely because he might he might be better off going to finish his career with a contender. And guys who are pretty much at the end, Xavier Roulette I've mentioned on this show before. He's fallen out of favor with the organization and hasn't been seeing eye to eye with several players, most notably Henrik Zetterberg for another incident that happened off the ice, so... He might get moved somewhere. Jared Coro, who ended up getting the backup gig after Peter Morazic got traded, did not perform very well in the NHL level, so it might be adios to him. 
And then, of course, David Booth, who was just brought in on a one-year deal on a tryout. Not too likely that he's going to be brought back as he didn't really produce all that much. But I think probably the biggest surprise, the guys where he says likely the end is probably Coro, given the fact that he could he can play solid at the American Hockey League level, but not too much in the NHL. And I was talking with uh, my good friend Buck Gino, who's on the west side of Michigan. He says that it's time they possibly bring one of the uh, younger guys up into the system, like uh, Caden Fulcher, who I believe is currently in the Ontario Hockey League right now. And I want to say, I forget which team he's playing for, but I believe he might be playing for a Memorial Cup coming up. And then Matei Machowski, who... Was who spent some time down in Toledo this past season with the Walleye. He ended up in Grand Rapids with Morazic getting traded. So he might stick around there. And as the Wings go for a veteran backup, just they might go with somebody like Akari Lettinen or maybe a Michael Hutchinson. Maybe it's time to a $1 million deal. But that remains to be seen come July 1st. So. Now we'll shift attention to the meat and potatoes of the NHL, which is the playoffs. And the series between the Jets and Golden Knights resumes Friday night on NBC Sports Network, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time start. All right, the Knights now lead that series two games to one. The Jets took game one in Winnipeg. Everything was loud there with the Winnipeg whiteout. Then the Knights came in and quieted the crowd, excuse me, with a 3-1 to win and in Game 2. And then Game 3, which T-Mobile Arena was pretty lit, especially with their whole pregame show they do on the ice, which that, if, if you want entertainment value, the Golden Knights are definitely providing plenty of pregame entertainment. And so they ended up winning Game 3, 3, 4... It was four to one there. There, so oh, the series is now two to one. As for the Capitals and Lightning, everyone was thinking the Capitals were gonna run away with this thing after they took a two games to nothing lead and absolutely shellacked Tampa on their own ice. Essentially, punked them and did everything short of getting everybody together and doing the stanky leg on the logo at center ice. But it goes to Washington, and the Lightning said, not so fast, my friend, as they respond with getting a couple of wins. And there, that series now even at two games apiece becomes a best of three. Game five will be Saturday night on NBC. I believe the approximate... And puck drop is 7 or 7.30. It's going to be right after for the Preakness Stakes. So get your horse racing in and then go watch some game five between the Caps and Lightning. That should be a good one. But what's really been the big difference for the Lightning, you would say, from games one and two to games three and four? Some will say Andre Vasilevsky. As again, he was looking like how Pecorine of Nashville would be at times. Times and I would go and say, oh, he's broken. And then he goes and responds with a really good performance. Well, that's the case with Vasilevsky, too. He didn't perform very well in the first two games. 
I said that he was broken, something was wrong with him. I don't know if he was physically injured or something was bugging him mentally or if somebody gave him decaf coffee instead of regular or if his dog ran away. I don't know. But he responded pretty well, so whatever was going wrong is now going right with Mr. Vasilevsky. And we'll see if that continues in the games five, six, and possibly seven. But another difference maker I want to mention him is Braden Point. Everyone knows about Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos with the Lightning. But Braden Point, second-year player, player, this guy is really shown to be uh, one of the best two-way guys in the game. Kind of like a, they call him the second coming of Patrice Bergeron. He's really good at both ends of the ice. So can put the puck in the net. Rack up assists, also great penalty killer as well, wins faceoffs, does everything you ask of him. So he ended up recording two points in the game four win. So I guess he's been key in holding up and keeping guys like Evgeny Kuznetsov in check. More on Kuznetsov in a moment. As he is currently leading the NHL in points scored in the playoffs with 21. So I guess maybe it's because John Cooper's trying to get Braden Point matched up against him, try and slow him down a little bit. But, of course, the Capitals did get Nicholas Backstrom back into the lineup up last night. So who knows if that'll help give them more of a spark in these next couple of games. We shall see. But Saturday night, NBC, Game 5 there. Some other hat leaders. There's Vegas' Marc-Andre Fleury leading all goaltenders with wins. He's won 10 games so far. Are definitely a guy who... He ended up getting lauded in Pittsburgh, winning the Cup there, but then he kind of seemingly just couldn't ever recapture a lot of that old glory and then got supplanted by Matt Murray. And, of course, a lot of Penguins fans, including our own David the Man of God Harris, still held him in high regard. Harden have a lot of respect for him and thinks, you know, maybe a fresh start was what he needed, and he's done just that in Vegas, and I would say that if Vegas wins the Cup this year, Flurry's your Comp Smythe winner, Barnhun. Also, leading in goals, Mark Shifley of the Jets. This guy is really starting to become a superstar. I can remember a few years ago, oh, when I was playing fantasy hockey, I was Picked him up in free agency, said, you know what, I'm just going to take a flyer on him. John Gross says he's going to be good. Well, at that time, he got sent back to his junior team. I'm thinking, ah, crap, this guy's probably a bust. But he's really turning on these playoffs. 14 goals so far. So it's good. a lot's going to be riding on him if he can get the Jets back in this series and go win in a hostile environment on Friday night. Hopefully even that one up. Uh, and, of course, guy I do have to kind of call out a little bit. Uh, I mean, this might be kind of like my version of winners and losers. Sorry, David. I just kind of compared it that way. But, anyways, Alex Ovechkin, who games one and two really came out playing like his hit, playing like he was wanting to win, coming out like LeBron James in a game seven, and... The next two games only gets one point. 
So, with Game 5 being Saturday night, that's a game that could swing momentum pretty big. He's somebody who's really going to have to show up in that one. If he doesn't, then uh, it could be more of the same old story in Washington. Getting, having high expectations, even though they finally did slay the giant known as the Pittsburgh Penguins. Can't get to a cup final, but again, we shall see what happens there in that one. So, anyways, that'll pretty much... Actually, I'll conclude by saying this. Your con, my personal con Smythe candidates for each team. Team, if they are to win the Cup. I mentioned Marc-Andre Fleury from the Golden Knights, but I think another good candidate would probably be, be Will Carlson, center who picked up in the expansion draft, only scored six goals with the Blue Jackets the previous season and hits 40 fifth time around the regular season. And he's performing well in the playoffs as well. For the Jets, I have to mention Mark Shifley. This guy has just been getting goals and getting goals and getting goals. Second candidate from them would probably have to be Connor Hellebuck. Very solid in that. Maybe you could make an argument for uh, Patrick Line if he can get going. Hey, for the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think you've got a good, a good option, a playoff candidate of candidates if they win for Conspite, if they win the Cup. Everyone will point to Nikita Kucherov. Some will say Vasilevsky. I think Braden Point could be a dark horse, as I've mentioned. And maybe even Steven Stamkos, the captain, as well. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get some consideration. And for the Capitals, I mean, we mentioned Alex Ovechkin. If he's a, but of course, I think he's really going to have to put up the numbers. And right now, uh, it's Evgeny Kuznetsov who's been leading in points scored. So I think probably one of the two will end up winning Con Smythe if the Caps are able to win the Cup. So, but that'll pretty much conclude it for my power play in this third weekend of May, weekend of the Preakness Stakes. We'll see if Justify can win the second leg of the Triple Crown. By the, by the way, just to let you know, it looks like the Pistons might be eyeing Becky Hammond as their next coach. I know this is the power play, but it's Detroit-related, though. Always want to get your take on some of that sometimes. Well, I mean, we I think you, you, me, and David have discussed Becky Hammond on the show before, and she is somebody I have a lot of respect for coming up through the coaching ranks. I know that she coached the Spurs Summer League team to Summer League Championship. And, of course, Popovich has given her a spot as an assistant coach and, you know, figures she's learned under him. And we've seen, how I mean, how many Popovich disciples are currently head coaches in the NBA? I've, I've lost count. Uh, you got Budenholzer. I mean, I can name Budenholzer, Kerr, uh, uh, I want to I say David Fisdale is. And so there's pl- there's plenty of them out there, but th- I and I hope that she get I hope she does get a shot someday. But it'll be interesting to see if she can kind of get the respect of the play- players too. Who especially it'll be, but I think she would be a worthy candidate. We'll see, but we'll have to see what ends up happening. I do. I have heard that sounds like 
Jeff Bauer could end up staying on as GM, but a lot remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. All right, what do you got planned for the weekend, Frank? And uh, how was the wedding? Uh, wedding was pretty fun. Food was the best part. Uh, any uh, dancing or any, any air guitar? Yeah, I have a little bit here and there. There it was. There was a fun, pretty fun time getting to let it go celebrate. Nick and Sarah getting married, so want to wish them well. Also, want to give a shout out. By the to, way, I uh, know I know that her last name is Soroka. I know a few Sorokas actually. Um, actually, well, big on the on the basketball circuit. By the way, here in the local area. Would you happen to know her brother Ben? Ben Soroka went to St. Francis. Yes, or he went to St. Francis yes. and graduated from Whitmer. Uh, their dad is Rick Soroka. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Rick. Yeah. Rick. Rick is her father. He is the. I believe he is the uh, deputy fire chief for the city of Toledo. Yes, he is. Yes. So it was good. Yeah. So kind of got to see some people who were her uh, big around the. He's around the, Kent the, Goldsmith's age, isn't Ben? Ben is around. They played yeah. together. Yes, I thought so. Yes, uh, Ben. I believe is uh, either close to or just. Finished up with uh, law school. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. No, he oh, went to Wittenberg and played a little basketball. I know, and uh, I know Billy and Soroka he's... and his son Trey plays for Whitmer right now. Yeah. All right, yeah, Frank. That that small world once again, as we always talk about this here on After Further Review, and you know, once again, great uh, power play from you. Uh, I know this weekend it's supposed to rain a little bit, so I don't know if you'll be doing a lot of umpiring. Yeah, I'm supposed to umpire a doubleheader Saturday, but I'm not really counting on it at that point, at this point. Mm-hmm. Right, but I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, Airport High School athletic director Tim Duffy. He's okay. getting married Friday. Oh, and so by the time it's there, he'll already be hitched. I mean, he's one of the he's probably one of the best, one of the better athletic directors in the area. Right, easy to communicate with. I've talked to him them a lot here and there i've really gotten to build a good relationship with him so give tim a shout out as he gets married congratulations and raise a glass to him oh wow as always you're always part of that uh wedding thing all right frank oh i will i'm not actually going to that one it's just i i knew it was this weekend uh my good friend uh brandon rates is in that wedding party so so basically, you know everybody. You just the, the you just the uh, I don't know how to say this. You you're, you're a famous guy. <laughs> well, as I like to say, it's not that I not necessarily that I know a lot of people. It's a lot of people know me. <laughs> oh, okay, that's how it is. Okay, Frank. Good, good, Frank. All right. So, Frank, what's your last thing, and then we'll get on out of here. Well, uh, just hopefully get nice weather this weekend. So I've got. So I can uh, work some baseball, and then I'll have the my final. I'll have my final full week of the season next weekend. I got games four out of five days, so it's coming down to the end. All right, Frank. But like, yeah, that's right. It is the baseball season is kind of coming down to the end? Yeah, I know. Tur- tournament play in Michigan starts right after Memorial Day. I've heard it's starting starting up in Ohio already. Tournament play, yes. Tournament play in Ohio is during the same time the regular season. So during the week. You might play one regular season game in your league, and then you also play two or three tournament games, depending if you if you move on. Like t- t- uh, on Friday, St. <clears throat> Francis, St. John's will be playing for a district title. 
at 5 p.m. Uh, at Mercy Field. So, but at the same time, though, they still got some uh, regular season and conference games. And plus, if they still do it, I know back in the day they used to do, um, you know, the city league or whatever tournament for for baseball back in the day. So the teams still have that. So the the state tournament goes on while the regular season goes on, and then. Like I said, if your team doesn't advance, you're done, but you still got to finish out your regular season. And then there's the teams that will still do their regular season and advance in the tournament. Yeah, that seems kind of weird, though, the way they do that. I know. Yeah, because we'll finish up the regular season uh, Memorial Day weekend. Well, uh, Frank, you got to get the season kind of done because then once people graduate, you know, people are going doing summer travel ball or – or they got vacations lined up in June, so they don't really want to extend the season. Now, I do know that the OSHA, I believe, started the season a week earlier so you can get most of the regular season done and still get in uh, uh, you know, uh, the tournament in. So the regular season does end a little bit earlier so you can kind of focus on the tournament, but they try to at least get the tournament, the state tournament done before the uh, the school is out at least in early June. I know in Michigan, you guys go more toward the middle of June. Yeah, it would be uh, third week in the June is when the uh, when the state fun- semifinals and finals are. Yeah, usually they're the first week in June is with the uh, Ohio. So that's what they kind of. Yeah, do. I mean, but I mean, I think it, what it really do, kind of does is it kind of messes with when you can use certain pitchers because of the whole pitch count rule. Mm-hmm. Well, where. Where you you have to say, oh, I want to save him for postseason game, but we've got a big game that we kind of got to win for regular season. Well, normally what happens is for a lot of teams, the state state trumps. I mean, if you're a team that's looking at a state run, you're going to be putting your aces out there. And if it's a regular season, I I do know how they've redone this, revamped the the schedule. Most of these teams are focused on – the tournament most of the regular season is done now how they've started it a little bit earlier this this year so it's only a few regular season games left that's it you know and normally what will happen is you might play a regular season game on the weekend and i mean usually you know certain leagues are already locked up you know it just depends what pre- which is precedent and you know there's like st john st francis they're looking at long tournament runs you best believe that most of their better pitchers are going to be being used during the tournament. Yeah, I, I hear you there. Yeah, and I think, well, Michigan, usually the Tuesday after Memorial Day will be, like, the opening round of district play, and then they'll have and then they'll have the district semis and finals on that Saturday in June, and then the following weekend will be the regional round. And then there'll be a Tuesday where they'll have a state quarterfinal game, and then... It'll be like uh, third. It'll be a uh, Thursday through, like uh, the, I want to say the fourteenth through the sixteenth will be like the state semifinals and finals up at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Oh. So it'll be, so it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I've pro- I've seen a, I've seen at least a couple of teams around the area that I think could be end up in East Lansing in in June. I wouldn't at least I wouldn't be surprised to see them there. Hmm. Now we now they have their tournament at Huntington Park, which is down in Columbus, so it's not anywhere on a campus or anywhere like that, like a lot of the state championships for other sports are. So they play at a minor league park down in Columbus. It's Huntington Park where the Columbus uh, Clippers uh, play at. Now next week, Frank, I think we're back in the studio. 
Uh, I'm actually going to have to work, so I'll have to probably. I'm probably going to have to give you a call at some point during the week. Although I'll have, I'll have to figure that out ahead of time because I know I got home that Friday. Okay, uh, or it could rain. You never know. We'll we'll keep you posted. So uh, Frank, enjoy your weekend, man. All right, thank you, Derek. All right, that was Frank Vashner on the line for you here on 88.3 WTs After Further Review with his hockey power play. Make sure you check us out on SoundCloud, WHUT After Further Review, or on iTunes just After Further Review. He's got a picture of Frank Vashner in the horse's head. Coming up next, we got more After Further Review here on 88.3 WXUT and on our podcast. We'll see you right after this.